Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Saturday, April the 30th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, dross, which means something of low value or quality. Dross. I hope everyone is enjoying their Saturday or will enjoy their Saturday. The weekend is here. The weekend is here. The weather here in North Carolina is kind of cool in the 60s, 70s. Uh, Expecting some light rain later on today and possibly for the weekend, entire weekend as well, Sunday. Man. Uh, But the 80s will return next week. Yeah, you got to love that springtime in in the the South or or throughout the United States, I should say. You never know which way that weather's going to turn. Certainly didn't see this coming. We know last week we were up in the upper 80s, going into the 90s. But here we are again, cool and somewhat damp, I should say. (laughs) Got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, I have to work this weekend, but hey. It is what it is. It is what it is. I enjoy the weather. I, I'm enjoying this uh, these cool temperatures because I know, like many of you know, it's going to change. Once that heat comes, it's here to stay till about uh, September or October. Just is. Just is. Man, like I say, got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, the NBA playoffs. Uh, I did get a chance last night to watch that uh Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves game. Looks like Memphis is advancing and they will be facing the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. It might be a pretty good series if Memphis can keep their uh, heads about them. Uh, I'm not predicting them to win, but hey, it could be a good series. They could pull it off. They just could. They have enough uh, pretty good role players and they got one outstanding, Moret, that uh, – he ramps up. He does his thing. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe one of the toughest uh, challenges the Warriors face. We'll see how the Warriors handle Memphis because they certainly have uh, improved over the years. Looks like they're here now. And also tomorrow uh, it'll be the uh, the Bucks versus the Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Boston Celtics. And we know how the Boston Celtics handled uh, Brooklyn. So that's that's going to start their series, also out there in the in the East over here in the East. Man, the Bucks and the Celtics—that's going to be a pretty good one, I think. We'll see, we'll see. Man, uh, certainly is that time of year. Uh, the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft. A lot of teams have uh, picked up a lot of players from Georgia. Uh, well. Georgia did have a lot, has a lot of talent on that team. Looks like a lot of teams are, are, are looking and picking them. It really does. And also uh, local ties. Uh, there, there's an offensive lineman here that played for NC State that is from uh, North Carolina. I believe he's from Charlotte also. He got picked up by the Panthers. A dream come true for him. Uh, he's a pretty good offensive lineman. I can't remember his name. And mainly that's because I don't want to butcher the guy's name, but I think his nickname is Izzy or Iggy. Um, he's he's a pretty big guy. Yeah, they, they also nicknamed him uh, the the flattener of pancakes. Flattener, I should say. They say when he pulls he pulls and comes at you, he's going to flatten you, <laughs> and he does. 
So, hey, the Panthers, the Panthers are getting some help out there on that offensive line, which they have needed for quite some time. A lot of people complain about their quarterbacks. Uh, for me, it was that offensive line. That's where it starts. I don't care how good a quarterback you have or how many quarterbacks you have. That offensive line isn't doing anything. Uh, that quarterback ain't going to do squat. So it looks like the Panthers are, are, are trying to shore up that offensive line this offseason. Got a pretty good pick. Just did. Just did. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's go get it. You know, I don't. I started the month of April, and I really haven't talked about it, and that's a shame on me. Uh, April is um, what they call Soldier Suicide Prevention Month. And with that, that encompasses not just the soldiers, but all veterans and active duty personnel. Uh, there's been an uptick in suicides in the military. Just has. So April is is that month. So I'm going to talk about that today. Um, I really should have devoted more time to it, but I didn't. I, I just, that's just shame on me. Just is. But yeah, like I said, suicide and in, in, in the military of active duty personnel has gone up. Uh, it's opening a lot of people's eyes and they're asking questions like, what in the world is going on? Case in point, um, let's take it to the Navy, the United States Navy. You know, I was active duty Navy personnel for a while. I'm a veteran now. I only did, well, I only did four years. <laughs> I just did. I just did. Uh, like I always say, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in the Navy, uh, the traveling, the meeting new peoples. But in addition to all of that, uh, with any branch of the military, you're going to have to take a lot of you know what. <laughs> you just are. That's just the military. It, it just is. And what's happening now uh, in the Navy, more specifically, they're saying there has been five sailors that have died by suicide this year alone. And one um, particular command of those five sailors, I'm sorry, those five sailors, it's been aboard the USS George Washington aircraft carrier. Uh, that's a mighty big vessel. Uh, many times, if you're not familiar with the Navy or more specifically with aircraft carriers, it's called a town. Uh, it's, it's a floating town. That's just how big it is. That's just how many people are on board at any time. It's like a mini town and they got any and everything on board those ship, those, those, those aircraft carriers. And um, man, they, they've said they've experienced uh, an uptick in suicides, uh, five sailors to be specific. And one particular sailor tells her tale. Um, she tried to commit suicide by taking almost 200 pain relievers and she spent eight days on life support. Her reasoning uh, the stress on the job. Like I said, yeah, you're going to have to put up with a lot when you join the military. I don't care uh, who you are or, or how you put it. Even if you are officers, officers have to deal with quite a lot. Also, those commissioned officers, not just the enlisted. But apparently the George Washington has been uh, or was undergoing an extensive overhaul. That means you're in the yard since when after a deployment or if you haven't been on deployment and the ship is in need of repairs and renovations, they put you in the yards. They, they take you out and put you in dry dock is what they call it, in the yards. Take you out of the water, lift the ship up, and they begin to do their repairs. Now, she says during this extensive overhaul, she was oftentimes 
berated or belittled by superiors for things she says that were beyond her control. And at the time she was dealing with family issues and she also had a, a bipolar disorder that went undiagnosed. She was only 20 years old. And she says that 95% of her decision to uh, try to kill herself was work-related. In fact, she when she tried to commit suicide and she came to, uh, she was trying to figure out why she was still alive. She began to think to herself, well, if they're going to send, if everything is going to be all right with me, chances are they're going to try to send me back to that command. And uh, next time uh, I may be successful in killing myself. Now, at 95 of that 95 percent, what she said of her decision to kill herself was, of course, due to work related, uh, the command and, of course, other military duties. She said it pushes you to that point. And if you try to get help, you are belittled. <laughs> uh, that sounds eerily familiar. Now, I, I told you of the five, but just to solidify, uh, three of those suicides happened within the month of April alone On uh, for those attached to that command, the U.S. George Washington. My heart certainly goes out to those that uh, have attempted or committed suicide, military. And, and, well, I should say any, anyone on this earth. But the military, I, can, I hold a, a personal connection to because I can remember when I first joined uh, at 18, uh, of course, going through boot camp. And by the time I got out of boot camp, I was uh, 19 and I had to go to a training uh, command where I got training for my job. And that was in Mississippi. And uh, let me just say, um, when you first enter the military, it's a cultural shock. It's a culture shock for, for any and everyone, regardless of your race, creed, religion, sex, whatever, what have you. It's the military. It's the military. Of course, it's a culture shock. You know, many of us, especially me, fresh out of high school, you're not used to someone standing over you yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs and calling you every name under the sun but a child of God. You just aren't. No matter how rough and tough you thought you had it with your parents, but when you get in that military and you're in boot camp, it starts in boot camp. Well, actually, it started for me. <laughs> started realizing when I was at the USO at the airport inbound to uh, boot camp in Orlando, Florida. Uh, uh, whoever it was that was, you know, part attached to that USO. Of course, they were active duly military and they came out and they started they rant and rave about standing tall Um Wipe the smiles off your face. Shut your mouths. This ain't high school. I can remember all of that like it was yesterday, man. So that's the culture shock right there. That alone will, will, will shake your foundation. And you will begin to question like I did. I can remember standing there saying to myself in that USO at Raleigh-Durham International Airport waiting to board that plane to Orlando, Florida in uh, for boot camp. I remember thinking to myself, well, maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> and it, when I got to boot camp, it didn't get any better. Uh, pretty much that solidified in my mind. Okay, maybe I made a mistake here. Maybe this isn't it. But let me also say, had it not been for me, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to have um, a lot of family members, cousins, that were that had been in the military, Marines, 
the army, and and I think one was well, I had another cousin that were closest closest to my age that were, had joined the air force. If I didn't have that family in my ear before I actually made the decision, and of course signed my name on the line, I, I didn't have them in my ear telling me, "Hey, look, man, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, forget everything your recruiter told you, because the recruiter makes it sound so good." Oh, you're going to go here. You're going to do this. You're going to love it. Everyone's going to love you. It gives you all the warm and fuzzies inside. If I didn't have family members in my ear say, yeah, yo, forget all of that. Man, you're getting ready to get drugged. <laughs> you just are. And I did. Um, maybe that's part of the reason why a lot of this culture shock, it, it, it happens. But now here we find ourselves not just in a culture shock, of, of dealing with these new recruits or relatively new recruits or, or enlisted personnel. But we, we find that a lot of them aren't prepared for what comes. Just like that, uh, this, this sailor said that, that she was oftentimes belittled and berated and degraded and, and was, was held responsible for things that were beyond her control. When they were in a dry dock, ship was given an overhaul and she was transferred to the night uh, third, that's that third shift, that graveyard shift where, where you, a lot of your repairs or upkeep, that's when that's done. During the day is very limited. Of course, it's during the day. Everybody's on board. So I can understand where she's coming from and I can understand where these other, other sailors are coming from. But I, I think it, it has a lot to do a lot to do with the fact that they aren't really told what they're going to be going through. And that's part of the military. Um the military spends a lot of money, a lot of money and time um, trying to prepare you for military life. They have to. You have to stay military ready. ready. Their thing is you can't get out. And for us, it was called getting out into the fleet. And they can't have you out in the fleet if you're not mentally prepared, not necessarily physically, but mentally prepared. You, you, it's a lot of stress. You're going to have to work under stressful conditions and you got to keep you cool. You can't fly off into a rant. You can't get sad down and out about yourself despite all that you're going through, despite all the stress. You just can't, despite the belittlement or berating that you're constantly under, because I was under that also. Just like uh, it was explained to me by a cousin, military spends a lot of money and time on you and they want to make sure before they send you out there into the fleet, you're prepared and you're ready. So they got to take you through that ringer. They got to drag you because the last thing they want to do is have you get out there and you fold under pressure and you get yourself killed or you get other military members killed because you couldn't handle the stress. Uh, a lot of times out here in the civilian world, when I'm at work or just in anything and day to day dealings, I see people flying off into a rant, a rave or something happens and they, they just buckle and can't figure out what or how to do. I don't have that problem. Yeah, I have moments, but I really don't have that problem. I'm usually like, OK, whatever. Uh, it's got to be done. Let me go do it. But a lot of people, you know, those that weren't in the military can't understand that. It appears to, to them uh, oftentimes either you're arrogant or you're passive or, or you're just uh, so calm, cool, and collected. That's the military training. 
coupled with, you know, of course, your, your upbringing. But that's that's the military training. Uh, don't crack under pressure. You be, you've been trained. You know what to do. Calm down. Take a deep breath and do it. Pay attention to detail. Don't get sidetracked by what's going on in your personal life or the stress. Calm down. Pay attention to detail and complete the task. That's just the military. And and going back to this recruitment, because when you're, you're recruited, yeah, those recruiters, <laughs> those recruiters make it sound so beautiful. It's glorified. Just like the movies. <laughs> but when you get there, you're like, wait a minute. This ain't nothing like the movies. Wait a minute, what world? <laughs> so it, it goes back to recruitment. And I think, honestly, I gotta say, I understand the recruitment's uh, uh, way of doing things, but I think you're doing the military a great disservice by not flat out telling these recruits, hey, this is what you're going to go through. Uh, especially those coming out of high school. It, it, you know, this is like any and everyone, even for myself. I've never been in a true stressful situation. Just haven't. So I think these recruiters need to start telling these recruits, hey, look, you, you're going to have a lot of days. You ain't going to have some. There's going to be a lot of days where you're going to be getting run through the ringer. You're going to get be, be getting drugged, but you got to complete the task. It ain't an easy road. Yeah, you're going to go different places, meet different people, uh, party, whatever. Yeah, because we sure did party partied hard. We partied better than rock stars. <laughs> we just did. But I think they need to start telling these recruits, these young recruits, hey, this is the military. It's totally and completely different from civilian life. Just like the uh, young lady said that tried to commit suicide, uh, I can't just quit. I've signed my name to a contract. Uh, I can't quit. I can't give two weeks notice. And then be done with it. I got a contractual obligation that I got to see through. Once you sign your name on that dotted line for the military, you're there. For however long you sign it, whether it be two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever, what have you. Once you sign your name on that, that is it. Ain't no way out of it. You could quite possibly get a other than an honorable discharge. And that just says, hey, you had a problem uh, adapting. Or you can flat out get a, a dishonorable discharge where they just completely kick you out and it's on your record for uh, ever and a day. So I think these recruiters need to start telling these people, hey, look, you're not going to have an easy road. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have a lot of bad days and there's going to be a lot of things called into play in the question where you're going to have to step up and just handle it. Uh, there's no way around it. And if those on the outside are now saying, well, we got to look at the military and how they train or what they're doing to these people, I understand it. But you need to understand that's the military. Can't have you out there in the real world folding every time something doesn't go your way. And I'm not downplaying these su this suicide because that is a serious problem. But I think part of the reason for these upticks in suicides is we have a generation or two that uh, they, they just aren't prepared mentally to handle the pressures and stress of military life. It's a totally different beast from the civilian world. It just is. I, I found that and figured that out real quick. Like I said, by the time I got out of my A school, which is my uh, uh, training for my job and on my way to my permanent duty station in Norfolk, by the time I got there, I was looking like, yeah, okay, I made it through this. 
I know what's coming down the pipe. I just have to be be strong and persevere and handle it. Got there to my command, and woe and behold, just like her, just like she said, the pressures of being overworked and belittled and berated, there it was, staring me in the face. And I did have moments. I did have moments when I wanted to break down and say, you know what, you guys can have this, turn it sideways and stick it, you know where. But I said, hey, I signed my name on that contract. I'm obligated. I ain't going to quit. I've been through worse or I'm going to go through worse. Once again, I got to refer back to those family members that told me, hey, man, you're getting ready to get drugged. This is going to test you on all levels. And I also had a mother that, you know, I, <laughs> I wrote back and called back whining and complaining her only son. <laughs> and she said to me, look, <laughs> let me tell you something. You signed your name on that contract, on that dotted line. I tried to tell you before you went what was coming, but you didn't want to listen. Now you're obligated. Your name is on a contract. There's nothing I can do for you. All I can do for you, son, is tell you to read your Bible. <laughs> That's what I had to turn to. Had I not had that family support from the, the cousins and, and, and my mother, I probably would have folded. I've seen so many while I was in there, they folded. Uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a culture shock. Military life is totally different from civilian life. It just is. It's a culture shock. Uh Ain't no, uh, once you're out the seat, ain't no walking down the brow and walking down the pier and just leaving. You're out the seat. Ain't nowhere for you to go. Ain't nothing out there but ocean and sky. That's all you see. So you, you got to be mentally tough with a whole lot of intestinal fortitude to deal with that lifestyle. I would imagine it's the same way for the Marines, Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, uh, National Guard, Reserve, or whatever. Once you're out in the field or the fleet, ain't no walking away. Just like she said, ain't no two weeks notice. You sign your name on that contract, so you got to stand tall and deliver. But what's happening, and, and I hate to keep saying it, hate to keep beating it, I think it goes back to recruitment. I think these recruiters need to tell these people, hey, this is the military. You're going to deal with a lot. It's going to test you at any and all levels in your life. It's going to test your mind strength. And that's pretty much what the military is. It's a mind thing. Uh, one of the things that was was drove home to me while I was in boot camp and the others, I, I realize now is uh, that their mantra or with those company commanders or, or what you may be uh, used to or accustomed to hearing drill sergeant, sergeants was attention to detail. Pay attention to what you're doing. Don't think about nothing else. Don't think about your home life. Don't think about your girlfriend or your boyfriends and, and receiving those dear John letters. You pay attention to what you're doing and you do it. Complete the task, complete the job. That's what you're here for. You can worry about all of that later on once you are done with your task. Jesse's, that's the military. There's no way around it. There's no gray area. And for those that are committing suicide, I certainly understand. And, and I know full well what they are going through because I too went through the same thing. Uh, I never, it never got to the point where I thought of committing suicide. It just didn't. And I'm thankful and blessed for that. I thank the good Lord for that. But for others, I could see it. 
and I certainly understand the reasoning. Uh, like I said, it's not so much if you're not mentally tough. It's more or less if your mind's not geared or reared or you don't have an understanding that things are going to get rough and tough, but you got to go. You got to push through it. Uh, yeah, there's a breaking point for any and everyone. I saw that a lot. I've had those moments also while I was in the Navy. Uh, some days I tell you, I felt like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going UA. And that's an unauthorized absence or AWOL for the many of those that don't know what that is. I'll risk it. But then again, once I calmed down and thought about it, I said, yeah, you know what? This ain't worth it. I, I ain't going to do that because that can screw your life up for a while, if not permanently. Just can't. Uh, the military is a different beast. It just is. And you just have to you have to have that mindset and understanding that, hey, this is what it is. All the belittling and berating and those uh, other superiors calling into question your mind or your job ability or what you're doing. That's just what they do. That's part of that military readiness. It ain't all about training and going out, shooting guns and missiles and rolling around in the dirt or doing gator squares. It's your mind that you have to have ready and geared toward the military and the military only. No other way around it. They want your full undivided attention. They have to have your full undivided attention because heaven forbids, like I said, you get out there in the fleet and something jumps off and your mind is somewhere else thinking about your home life or thinking about how you just got belittled or berated by a superior and now you got guns, missiles, or, or if you're in the, uh, you know, if you're in the Navy and, and a, a fire breaks out and you're standing there and you, you're going through it with about what has just happened or what happened some time ago from a superior and how they talk to you, you could hurt yourself or hurt the rest of that crew. And that's a big no-no. That's where their attention to detail comes into play. Now, for uh, civilians that never served, they may sound uh, unconscionable that you would actually have to take into account and put yourself and your own feelings aside and think about the greater good of those you serve with. You don't want that on your mind either, that you just fell apart and you got someone seriously hurt or killed. So that's the purpose of that, that, um, that belittling or berating. If that sounds feasible, I'm not sure for many of those that haven't, that haven't served, it probably doesn't, but that's the military. They aren't going to take a back seat. Uh, you know, when I was in boot camp, I had a company commander that said, uh, uh, the Navy don't care about your feelings. They just want you to shut up and do your job. <laughs> Sounds cruel and heartless. But if I didn't have that mindset and remember that mantra, I quite possibly could have got out there in the fleet and hurt myself or hurt someone else or killed them or myself. So uh, for those that are saying they're in the military and, and they are thinking or contemplating or have tried suicide, I, I think once they truly sit down and have someone, because she said that they wouldn't even allow her to go see anyone, a psychiatrist. They just continue, continue the belittling and berating. They just continue to dog her out. But I think if they actually sit down and talk to someone that is open to the idea of that that, that, that quite possibly is going to come out. So that may be the start of the healing process. 
So now it looks like the military is going to have to take that approach. Um, I think the old way of doing business in the military, where if you didn't work out, they would just kick you out and, and go back and recruit some more. Uh, not a lot of people are signing up for the military like they were. So you got to take those that you have there in front of you and either try to work with them or you could try to kick them out and get you another recruit. But that's a people aren't signing up like that. They just aren't. So that's a problem. Recruitment and retention. So, yeah, the military is going to have to address this because that's just on the USS George Washington alone. That's eye opening. That you had a total of five people that committed suicide and three of them in the month of April alone. That's eye opening. Um, Got to address that. Got to. Can't go back to the old. I don't think they're going to be able to do the old style of military where they say, hey, we got food signing up any and every day. Not like that anymore. And and a lot of those that were in uh, their retention numbers are down. Also, they're getting out. They're saying enough of it. Enough with it. And then, of course, you know, you have that early retirement also. So uh, prayers for those that serve and have served. Keep them in mind and in prayers. The military life is indeed eye opening and it's a culture shock. It changes. It just does. Just does. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a, Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. Hit that like and subscribe button so you can be notified when I put these podcasts out, please. <laughs> and as always, this is Stephen Carnegie. Thank you for listening. This is Just a Thought. Amen. <laughs>